Yo, what's poppin'? It's your boy in the building. It's your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of For the Monkey Protocol. Flying solo today. Still got my man, Big Mike, in the building. Thumbs up on the sound. You know, uh, and, and this, this, we we actually did something different. We we took it, we took it on the road, man. We we took, <laughs> we took the podcast, the cast of pods on the road. Not really far on the road, man. We just we literally are are up the block and around the corner in lovely Windsor Terrace. Is it Windsor Terrace? Actually, sounds like a nicer part of Brooklyn than it is. It's a nice area. Um, I mean, it's it's no no Stuyvesant Heights. That's for all those uh, original Bed-Stuy heads uh, that are like, gentrification is wonderful for property value and to give new names to areas of the city that for years were uh, sounded threatening. Because Bed-Stuy, when I knew it and when I, I lived there, was do or die Bed-Stuy. Now it's Stuyvesant Heights. Uh, but yo, man, you know, as always, thank y'all for um checking us out, supporting key. Please keep supporting uh the 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 movement. I, don't you hate when <laughs> don't you hate when people make their their situation seem bigger than it is? I remember a couple of years ago. This is this is uh the end of the MySpace, beginning of sort of the Twitter and uh, Facebook era. Uh, I remember everyone, everyone, every rapper. And every singer I saw promoting their music was, yo, it's a movement. Yo, it's a movement. So, <laughs> which was corny. I was like, you have 80 followers. It's not really a movement so much as a shift. Uh, like, if you have a bowel movement, it's a full move. Like, if you have if you have diarrhea, you going in like, you, oh, that's a movement. You know, where you walk out, sound like Ice Cube, feeling 10 pounds lighter. That's a movement. But just a little, like a, you know, you have a little gas. That's not a movement. That's just a, that's, you, you broke wind. So, um, yo, all things comedy uh, is a movement, son. The Father Market Protocol is a movement. And you got to say like a rapper, yo, it's a movement. We Don't you hate hip-hop slang when they make things bigger? Than, this, this was one that bugged me a couple of years ago, and it still is around. Yo, it's a movie, yo. Yo, this is a movie. It's, it's, shut up. It's not a movie. You're not Scorsese. You had one. You had a couple of bars that were hot, and the rest were garbage. Yo, if you dropping uh, rhymes and you swearing that it's a movement, but it's really whack, you're garbage. You're finished. I'm sorry, man. Anyway, all that to say, man, we appreciate y'all supporting the For the Monkey Protocol. Hey, tell a friend if you'd like. Uh. Tell, get on your, your smartphone right now, text a friend and say, hey, dummy, listen to the Father Muckin Protocol on the All Things Comedy Network. Or you can go to SoundCloud, or you can go to iTunes. At that point, you really should have a dictator um, in, in your phone where you can dictate. I don't want you to have to type all that. But just tell, tell a friend, man, you know, make sure you comment, make sure you uh, subscribe, like, Follow a brother on uh, Instagram and Twitter at I am Dean Edwards. If y'all notice, my, my mouth is right on the mic because I know a couple of weeks uh, ago, people were saying, Dean, yo, your voice is going in and out. But I, I'm making sure, I'm making sure my voice is right up on the mic. It's been a long time since I did the sexy voice. So I just want y'all to know that. Uh, how come, <laughs> how come when, 
when dudes try to uh try to be sexy, when dudes are trying to be sexy. I, do women do that too? I guess they probably do. When people try to be sexy with 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 uh whoever they're chilling with, you know, they uh they inhale. I don't know what it is about inhaling, but it's something about breath that is real sexy. If you're listening on your uh on your earbuds, this is real awkward right now because I'm in your ear. If you're a woman, it's okay. But if you're a dude, <laughs> you gotta I'm in a good mood, man. Cause um, yo, man, we just we got news. Um, by the time y'all hear this, um, you'll know. But uh Tracy Morgan and uh and, and Jeff are out. Uh out of critical, they're in fair condition. Um, so fingers crossed that by the time this comes out, Artie Fuqua, our, our brother. Uh, is on his way to speedy recovery or, or t- a timely recovery since it's, it's been, um, you know, a couple of weeks now. So uh, we're just, you know, our hopes and prayers. If, if y'all believe in God, do do me a favor and just send a prayer up. Still for all of them, you know, for 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 Harris. Harris too, because Harris went, you know, a lot of people like, well, he walked away. I said, yeah, but he was awake through the whole thing, man. So through the whole, uh, for those that don't know, I'm talking about the uh, terrible car accident that occurred a few weeks ago um, that included buddies of mine um, that as they were returning from a a fabulous show in Delaware, um, uh, buddy Harris Stanton, Tracy Morgan, Artie Fuqua. um, We lost a friend of ours, uh, Uncle Jimmy Mack, uh, real, real funny comic and a great guy, just all around great guy. And um and Tracy's road manager Jeff um and you know we're just we as we'll continue uh, hoping and praying that that brothers uh you know recover and and I look forward to I said it before I said it again I look forward to seeing Artie's first tweet Artie's first picture on Instagram Artie's first post on Facebook of him with with uh, a white nurse you know <laughs> and her hand on his lap and Artie's big grin. <laughs> Artie's big silly grin. Artie smiles like the Cheshire cat, man. But uh, but there's a lot of love behind that smile. And you know, uh, and and you know, Artie's one of the few dudes. I'm not the this is not a memorial. This is just a testament to that how much you know the comedy world loves all of them, and specifically Artie, man. Artie's one of the few dudes that uh we, I have no hesitation. He and I have never had a hesitation saying, hey, man, I love you. You know what I mean? And that's rare. You know, that's rare that you can, uh, that you have a friend. Men, men, we don't do that. That's not really how men get down. Like, I, you know, it's funny because after the accident, then, and this is always the case, after something tragic happens, uh, everyone sort of rechecks their, their approach to how they do things and, uh, makes adjustments in their way of life, even, but it's usually, it's usually only in the moment. So after, after 9-11, people had never spoken to me on my block. Suddenly, you know, they just, you know, there was a sense of community because we all just went through this tragic event. Or when, uh, when President Obama won his first election, you know, people were out in the streets like, I can't believe Obama, Obama. And I mean, black, white, I remember even watching people I knew who were Republicans even were sort of celebrating. Even if it was someone they didn't want to win, they knew there was a, a moment. This was a piece of history having the uh, 
first uh, person of color, really, um, you know, become the the president of the United States. And everyone was out in the street like, yo, man, this is great. And, you you know, you you felt bonded with people. So the same thing after this tragic accident uh, hits home in the, in the comedy community specifically, we all, you know, were, we, we bonded, you know, and, and, you know, you, you gave, you hugged, hugged other comics you hadn't seen in a while, a little longer the next time you saw them. And, and I remember, uh, <laughs> shout out to Ian Edwards. So I was, I was going through my thing and, you know, and I was on the road as it happened. So, Keith Robinson, uh, Keith and I were hanging out and we we were joking, but you know, yo, when you make it back to make make it back to New York, just hit me hit me up, and let me know you made it back safely. I'll do the same. And and, uh, and I called uh, Ian Ian Edwards, <laughs> and he is for Ian is true Jamaican, you know. So Ian uh, Ian and I are talking, and then at the end of the conversation, I was like, yo, man, and his was funny because dudes. Even if we want to express love, we still got to do it in a male way. So it's, I can't just say, hey, man, I can't do it in this voice. Yo, I love you. Right? We got to do it in a male way. Yo, I love you, man. You know what I mean? Like, we got to do it more like more hardcore, hard body, as, as Joe likes to call. Yo, hard body, baby, hard body. Um, so I, I said to Ian, I was like, yo, man, yo, just, you know, I love you, man. Just He was like, all right, all right, all right, man. You know what? I'm, I'm going to just say one one, you know, for one love, but one. And and I started laughing. I said, yeah, that, that'll do. We don't have to take this any further. And, and you know, now, I mean, a couple of weeks have passed, so things are back to normal. Comics are uh, talking about each other behind each other's backs, claiming claiming somebody else stole their jokes, uh, you know, bashing someone for having a bad set and laughing at the same time. But um, Artie was always one of the dudes, and still is, Still is one of them dudes that uh you know that anytime we see each other if I haven't seen Artie for for a week and then I dip into the comedy cellar it's like yo you know we kick it and then I'm like yo I'm about to bounce man I gotta wake up early he's like all right man I love you you know and I like that I like that I think uh, more people should uh more people should do that you know when it comes to love when it <laughs> turned into Cosby when it comes to love <laughs> when it comes to love man. Uh, cause I, I make sure what, you know, it's funny. It's funny. I never like in my, my family, like my parents, we, we got into the habit of like, anytime we talk, even my, my siblings, we say, we say, love you. And I always, I'm the only one that always makes sure I say, I love you because I feel like saying love you is just really, it's kind of throwaway. It takes, it takes the, uh, the personality out of it. Uh, you understand the sentiment behind it, so you don't trip. You're like, Ma, how come you ain't saying I love you? You just said love you. But I feel like uh, when you when you add the I, it's it's a little more little more meaningful. I uh, I hope I'm not sounding uh, too serious or melodramatic. Um, so flatulence, no. <laughs> It's it's the it's the I it's, it is the I love you episode of the Father Muckin Protocol. The title of this episode is gonna be the Father Muckin I love you episode. You know what I mean? So we call it, we should call it that. It's the Father Muckin I love you episode, man. And I guess that's my point. I'm saying this to all all seventy. Well, now by now it's up to eighty definite followers and, and more people. Because I know we average. I think we're averaging. I think we're averaging. Um, probably like 400. Like if you, if you look at the 20, 
five or 26 episodes we've done, I think we probably average about 450, which is not bad. And it's growing. Um, and, and I personally want to say, man, I love I love y'all for, for listening and supporting the movement, son. <laughs> I appreciate y'all, man. I, I, I appreciate anyone that, uh, you know, tunes in weekly and says, says you know what, I'm going I'm to listen to that little nappy-headed cat because uh, Dave's a funny dude. He has an interesting perspective. And uh, well, what else am I going to do? Am I going to listen to somebody else's podcast? Probably. Which I'm not mad at. I feel like, shoot, listen to every... As long as it's good. I um I had somebody approach me last night. And his... <laughs> I had somebody approach me last night. And he was like, yo, I saw... Uh, I think this website, Comedy Hype. He was like, yeah, I saw Comedy Hype uh, mention your, you were filling in for somebody's podcast. And I said, now nah, it's probably my podcast. He was like, oh, word? I said, yeah, 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 man. And he was like... um, And, and then I explained it. Tim, you know, how how I'm learning how podcasts work and the, the different medium. And he, his was funny. Then I got guarded because I because I was like, I was waiting for it. He's like, oh, so you uh do you have guests on? I was like, what what do you mean guests? I mean, I'm I I I don't have everyone. Cause that's what happens. Like comics, everybody wants everybody wants to be down. I'm I'm I don't want to have everybody on, and this is not to take away from, from uh, this particular comic I was talking to or any other comics that might hear this um, and say, well, you know, I didn't want to be a guest on these show anyway. I, I don't want to... I don't want this to be my version of Arsenio. Like I like what Vessi does, and y'all make sure you check out his podcast, The Callback, um, because I, I think he he's... A, and I've mentioned this before. Vessi has impressed me because... He's only been doing, he's been a stand-up for a short period of time, but much in the way uh, Judd Apatow used to, you know, get interviews from from these big celebrities when he was just a teenager, Vessi's doing the same thing. And, and it's funny because I saw Apatow last night at the, uh, he's been hanging out at the cell. I saw him, uh, saw him and, uh, and Chris Rock tossing it up. And it's funny because huh? Chappelle wasn't there last night, but he was there uh few nights ago, yeah. Um, and by the time y'all have heard this, uh, Chappelle did a week at Radio City, and it was fire. That's a, that's how clairvoyant I am. I, I don't I don't have a, a time space. Uh, I don't have a way to break the time space continuum. But I I guarantee Dave Chappelle put his foot in their ass. Um, so anyway, uh, Vessie's Vessie's impressed me, and but I like that he interviews people and he goes deep um, in his interviewing as far as asking them questions that are off the beaten path. Me, I like shooting the gift, talking about whatever's on my mind, talking about what might be, uh, what might have occurred or be in the, in the uh, events of the day and, and offering my perspective on it, you know? And, and if I happen to interview someone or bring someone on, and I, I probe a little. That sounds kind of weird. Yeah, if I probe a little deeper, then we're going to get to the bottom of this. I probed a couple of my good friends. I probed Greg Barnes. And I probed Mark Fearball. Oh, and Big J Okerson. I probed him three episodes. <laughs> hey, Galvin Fowler. And of course, uh, of course, Vessie, man. And uh, actually, I think uh, 
I'm due to do another episode of Vessi's Callback, so uh, y'all keep an ear out for that. Um, but I like doing something different, so I, it's no disrespect to any any comics out there. If I'm if I haven't interviewed you, if I haven't had you on, I don't even like using the term interview. But if I haven't had you on the show, it's not because you're not interesting. You're just not interesting to me. No, yeah, um, it's just I, I I'm I'm having on cats that I kick it with, you know, that I'm, that I'm friends with, that I think are interesting, uh, just hearing their stories. And so if if you and I are cool, like, you know, I want to have one, I think it'd just be uh, fun. And, and I'm saying it now, and he's, he's going to do the show. Uh, my, my boy, uh, uh, pop, uh, pop, 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 Keith Robinson, because Keith has been a friend. I've known Keith, man. I've I've been a comic now 22 years. I've probably known Keith at least 17 years. And he's one of the dudes that um that has looked out for just so many, so many comics that have come up, you know, because Keith came out, Keith started this in, in the 80s. You know, Keith started way back. I remember the first time I saw that young man from Philly. His name was Keith Pudgem Robinson. And his, it really was. Like, there's somewhere out there, and I got to find it. I think I took a picture. I have it on my laptop. Keith used to, every comic when they came out, especially on the urban market, you had to have a, you had a name. You know, you had some hook, some dumb name. Even like Patrice was was big bruiser before before somebody just told him, Man, just go go Patrice O'Neill. Um, I, my, my business cards used to say, the... <laughs> The dean of comedy. Is it like a... I can't... <laughs> Mike just said, are you serious? I hold up. I'm going to try and... You know what? If if I can find it, I want to make sure that it's posted with this this episode. It was... I, I had designed a logo. I was always kind of artistically inclined. And so, you know, the comedy and tragedy masks. I took the comedy mask and I gave it a little... A little hip-hop by giving it a, a a Gumby haircut, right? Had a Gumby haircut. Now, keep in mind, this was this was 92. So I gave him a Gumby haircut and a, a lightning bolt streak. It's hard to describe. I guess I, I now I got to find this damn picture. So it was a Gumby hair, haircut, lightning bolt streak, big dumb grin. And the logo, the, my cards had that in the center. I had this comic book dude uh, design it for me. I I I I drew the uh, my logo, my the the mask, and I told him, all right, so here I want a graduation cap and gown on the D for the dean, right? <laughs> so the said the dean, and then of comedy, and the the chin of the mask was in the middle of the M, and there were two hands holding up the word comedy. It was actually kind of, I mean. You know what? It it sounds kind of cheesy and butt crack now, but but back in the back in '92, I was kind of impressed. It said uh, the 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 dean of comedy, dean that was that had my uh my phone number, and uh, this was in Rochester, so it had my Rochester address, which was weird. Um, but <laughs> but I yo that was that was that was me. I was the dean of comedy. Everybody had a nickname. Yeah, it was like boxing. It was exactly like boxing, Mike. It was it was you had a nickname and you you had a like, like you know, especially like 
Def Comedy Jam just reinforced it. So, uh, you know, you had you had Shucky Ducky, quack quack, quack quack, and this this dude his his whole angle was, and the first time he came out, it it killed. He came out and he uh, he was like, ah, oh, Shucky Ducky, quack quack, after every joke, ah, oh, Shucky Ducky. Now you don't, yeah, it was. And looking back on it, you're like, well, this is kind of juvenile, but. It worked in the in the time, man. There was another dude named Jamario Jamario. And <laughs> his name, and keep in mind, these all dudes I was cool with. Um, and I'm still I got no problem with them. But looking back, you're like, so so somewhere in his mind, he was like, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna call myself me twice. This is good. Cause yeah, and his and the hook, his hook was. Cause after after joke killed, he's like, cause y'all don't know nothing about no Jamario Jamario. But people would die. They were like, yo, this is brilliant. Uh, my man Ham uh, Alonzo Jones, aka Hamburger. Like Hamburger's angle was, he didn't use profanity, and so instead of cussing, he said the word Hamburger. So instead of somebody saying she, he was like. Hamburger, I ain't having it this evening. Hamburger. And then uh, Bernie Max, Bernie Max was, I ain't scared of you, mother. But here's what's funny about Bernie, though. That came, that wasn't really a catchphrase of his. Like, if you notice, you, you didn't see Bernie Mac doing that. I saw him do that on Def Comedy Jam, his second appearance. But I never saw him do it again because uh, my understanding was, the cat when they the the live tape in the Def Comedy Jam, the dude that went on before him bombed, like like you know, like he was like a nuclear fallout bomb, um, and so Bernie came out and had his set prepared, but he he was going at the audience like, look, I I sold y'all I sold y'all did to did to last nigga, I I ain't scared of you motherfucker, you know. You for the muckers. And it just turned into something. It's funny how how, how the, the universe works, man, because something, someone else caught an L, and that probably helped propel Bernie Mac further sooner. I mean, Bernie was talented. God bless the dead. Uh, he was talented regardless. But him... Him saying uh, those those couple of words, I ain't scared of you. Those six words catapulted Bernie Mac uh, into the stratosphere as far as urban comedy, black comedy. You know, he still hadn't broken broken into the mainstream. It probably took another decade, but which is which shows something about perseverance. But this was the first time somebody said, "Yo, this dude, this is that dude," because. His set on Def Jam was explosive, man. It was like you could you could almost feel it. And watching it on TV, you 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 wish you were there, but you felt like you were there, man. And, and so Keith, Keith, I think I was doing Governors in Long Island years ago, and you know most comedy clubs, you know they have they have you know pictures, old headshots up. I'm actually very happy to say there aren't a lot of comedy clubs that have my headshots up. Or if they do, it's they're if if clubs have my headshots, they're newer headshots. They're they're I say from like oh seven oh eight, which is still you know a couple of years back. 
but it's still recent enough that I look like that. Like nowadays, like, there there are a lot of comics out there. You go into comedy clubs and you're like, oh, I didn't know Billy Burr had hair. I didn't know his name was Billy. I thought it was Bill. You know, you see Tony Woods with hair. You see all these comics with these full heads of hair, you know, and, and they look youthful. Sometimes it's even more suspect because every so often you'll, you'll uh, when I go on the road, you see that, you see um, the, the sort of lineup, the upcoming lineup of shows that are coming. They're like, hold up. This comic, this is his headshot from 1987. You know, Chris Rock ain't had a Jerry Curl in years, but you have him. You know, so uh, it, it's always funny. I I actually, by the time this comes out, I, I think I'm getting a haircut. I think I'm, I think it's time, man. Uh, last time I, I really cut, cut my hair was, uh, was 2000, was that 03? It was my last season on SNL. Lauren Michaels, he made me, he made me cut my hair. I remember Max Brooks was real salty. No, Max Brooks' wife. She was, he was my writing partner, as I've said. And uh, his wife, Joe, was real. She was like, are you kidding me? He's making you cut, cut your hair. This what? And I was like, you know, Tracy Morgan, Tracy always, Tracy was like my big brother on SNL. And, uh, you know, I went to him. I was like, yeah, man. Uh, Lauren told me. Wants me to cut my well. I just got word that Lauren wants me to cut my hair. And Tracy, without missing beat, he was like, "You proved your point. You could grow. You proved it looks good. You have hair. It grows back." And I, but you know what? Word words of wisdom. This has been another words of wisdom with Tracy Morgan. It grows back. So what? You proved your point. But but you know what? When he said those 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 words, I was like, "That's true." I mean, it's hair; it'll grow back. I still actually, my hair was so long that when I cut it, and I was I was so uh so sure that I was blowing up a lot sooner than than obviously I have. That I was like, you know what? I, I probably should save this hair because these locks of hair are gonna. I still have this this giant Ziploc bag of my afro. Somewhere in my basement. I know this because I was looking for one of my uh one of my log books with all my thoughts and jokes and ideas. I was looking for actually I was looking for the one from my uh from my first season on SNL and I stumbled past this bag of hair. It was just a bag of hair. But here's here's how full of myself I am. I still kept it. I didn't say to myself, you know what? Maybe it's time I throw out this bag of hair. Uh, I still believe in myself, man. I still said, you know what? I'm I'm going places. This bag of hair is going to be worth something, damn it. I guarantee it. So flatulence. Uh, but I, but, the, but it's funny because, I, like I said, I am thinking about getting a haircut. Uh, why, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. Because just to change up, man. Hair holds a lot of energy, and I I was uh I, I was uh, I've been meditating a lot lately. I always meditate, but I've been meditating a lot lately. I said, you know what? Sometimes it change. It's time for a change. Change is good. I, I was thinking. I was rethinking my whole my whole look, y'all. I was saying to myself, you know what? You know I got. I'm always I'm always very you know very casual. Like I went through, I still rock out. Like I like wearing black on stage. That's, that's, that's a throwback to Carlin. I know Louis CK does that now where, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're on, on, 
when you're doing your shows. I like I like wearing all you know. I rock my my black mock neck or or I'm sorry, black crew neck or black V neck, um, and, and black denim and blanco y blanco uh, shell top Adidas or Air Force Ones because it's less distracting with a white belt. That's 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 my that's my thing. But you know who you know actually made it? this this is gonna throw y'all. You know what made me say, maybe I'll change my style up. Uh, <laughs> you ready for, y'all ready for this? Pitbull. Pitbull, the, the I, rapper slash pop artist. This dude was the hood. Is, this dude was, was, I think he's Cuban. And this dude was Cuban DMX when he first came out. I, I think I might have been watching him behind the music on him. And... I watched this dude totally flip his style. He totally changed his style, but it's working. And it's effective. He said, you know what? I'm not just, I'm not just this uh, you know, hardcore street rapper. I wanna uh I wanna expand the brand. I another term, another term along with it's a movement. I'm really tired of hearing people say, yo, you know, it's just it's all about extend, expanding my brand. You're a stripper, boo. Is it really your brand to make it clap? Do you really expect me to believe that, you know, you, you taking a, a picture in the bathroom and throwing it on Instagram with your butt meat squished up, your back arched at just the right angle? This is the brand, you know, because, you know, it's, it's a movement. It's, it's, this is my brand. What's your brand? You are a stripper. And I have no problem with a stripper. But stay in your lane. Oprah Winfrey's a brand. You know what I mean? Oprah is a brand. When you, when you put the letter O at the end of your show, you're like, oh, Oprah produces that. You know, you see Harpo at the end. Oh, that's a brand name. You just, you clapping it and you can, you can twerk it like 12 other females that in, in uh, Onyx or Magic City. Well, no, the, the Onyx or Magic City is the brand. You just happen to represent that brand and you rep it oh so well. Let it rain. Uh, so so, and what was my point? I, what was? Yeah, so I'm changing my style, man. I, I you know, I'm like, you know, it's funny. I I'm not. Mike just pointed out. He's like, are you sporting sporting World Cup? I collect. Uh, I like the the soccer or football. If if you are hearing this overseas, I like wearing these jerseys. I, I uh, my wife actually put me onto them years ago. And I like them because in the in the warm weather they're cool, they're cool, and a lot of them are dry fit. So if you're sweating or as I call it, perspiring uh, immensely, then they draw the uh, draw the moisture away from your body, away from your body. So I like wearing them. I think I have I have this Mexico. I have um, I I actually had to order one um, the Mexico from I think it was the last World Cup. Uh, and it was at 20, 20, 20, 2010, yeah. In 2010, I saw one. And I said, yo, I want, I want this soccer jersey. And it sold out everywhere. It took me, took me, I want to say at least a month to find it online. And I ordered it. And it, it was the, the, the World Cup, the 2010 Mexico World Cup jersey was black. With, and it had green and red trim 
And then the mesh under the arms, I think, was green. It was it's fly. I, said, I actually almost put that on today. But I said, you know what? I'm going to rock. I'm going to rock this uh, this one. Um, I got this probably in like 2005, 2006, which you can tell because even though it's white, it looks like it's been washed in the other leading detergent. Uh, <laughs> so I, I rock these during, during the warm weather. But when I perform, normally... I wear like a maybe a, a button-up shirt and some jeans. So I'm not flipping the style totally. Uh, I, I still probably rock the denim, like some some flavor of denim. But I'm thinking, check this out, y'all. I'm I'm thinking, you know, rock the button-down shirt. You know, maybe maybe hit them with with uh, some pattern on the shirt. You know, instead of just the solid. Sometimes you go, you know, with the solid monochromatic. You know, and you rock it with. I'm not gonna really do the tie. Maybe a button down, you know, maybe rock, maybe rock the button all the way up to the top, you know, flip the script on them, huh? Nah, well, you know what's funny? I used to, Mike said he can't see me in a tie. I used to wear a tie to school every day when I was in college, Mike. I because I kid you not, I was on some, I was that much of an Arsenio. See how everything all roads lead back to Arsenio, man. I was so into Arsenio Hall's show. I used to go there. It was a store called Oak Tree. Um, Oak Tree was a chain. And anybody that used to... You remember Oak Tree? Yeah. I used to... Oak Tree was the king of, uh, of the pastel-colored suits. So I remember I, I never had a mustard suit. I'm proud to say I never had a mustard-colored suit because mustard... And around 1990, 91, mustard was the color everybody was rocking. I had a mustard-colored rayon shirt. Rayon and mustard got big in the early 90s. And I had a mustard-colored rayon shirt. I think I, I used to have a purple suit that I used to rock with because I was a big fan of uh, Jack Nicholson's The Joker. So I had a purple suit with a lime green shirt and, and uh, this, this funky, loud purple tie. I used to walk around with a cane. You couldn't tell me nothing, son. In college, you couldn't tell me nothing. You couldn't tell me I wasn't Nino Brown. <laughs> I, I I thought I was Nino. Had had little ways on the top. Yeah, I used to rock this. Uh, my grandfather used to have this. Uh, I still have it. He had this leather, this leather leather. Yeah, it it was almost like a Kango, but it was an Applejack. But I would wear it like a beret. Man, had these bifocals, these gold room bifocals. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I used to have these, 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 these. I, I, I still see this picture at my parents' house. I had these gold bifocals. And you know how old people have the chain that holds the, the glasses around their neck? I used to take the bifocals and I would take that chain and have it dangling from one side of the uh, glasses. And hold up, lastly, pair of black leather gloves. <laughs> Who? Oh, oh, Dwayne Wayne. I was on. I was on some other thing, man. I used to rock. I used to rock these gold leather dry uh, biker gloves. With I had. I had two rings. I had a white gold. Uh, I think it was called diamond cut because it had uh, little slashes in it, so it sparkled a certain way. And why, for those that don't know, white gold actually shines brighter than platinum. Just a little uh, side note of information. Uh, I had this white gold pinky ring 
that I wear on the outside and this Black Hills gold. Because I, I ordered, this was my first piece of jewelry I ever bought. Uh, and I bought it off a of QVC. <laughs> I bought I bought it off a of QVC because I saw it one night and they were like, yeah, it's, it's tri-colored gold. It's, it's pink gold, white gold, and yellow gold. I'm like, that's hot. So I had this, 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 uh, this nugget gold or one head or one head on the outside of the ring or outside of leather and this white gold. I was like, you couldn't tell me nothing. And, and I was I was fly. So, so to answer your question, yes, you could see me in a in a suit because I wore them all the time. But now I'm not thinking so much a suit, so much as, you know, like you know, nice uh a fly blazer with a button down and a pair of denim. And I'm still like, I was talking to my man Mark Theobald last night. And he was like, I, uh, you, uh, you gonna, you gonna rock the shoes?" I said, "Nah, nah, I'm not. I, I don't like shoes with denim, man. I, I'll, I'll do the shoes, uh, if, if I'm going to church. But I still like having sneakers. I don't like having shoes on stage because it's slippery. <laughs> you know, hardwood. You don't really have any grip. If I ever have on, uh, my, my, my white on whites, then I, then I still have a little more leeway. So." Y'all stay tuned. And as far as the hair, I was thinking, you know, I'm thinking I might go back to my waves or uh, maybe I'll do the curls up, curly up top. I, I don't know about the faux hawk, Mike. I'm not, you know, I thought about a faux hawk. I'm a good looking dude. I could rock a lot of looks. Yes, I sound arrogant saying it, but it's true. <laughs> no, but you know what? I, I've always been comfortable with, with uh, how I look, but also more than that. I, I like experimenting, and, and I've rocked an afro for a long time. So this, this very well may be my final episode of the podcast with three pounds of hair on my head. Uh, only time will tell, but we, we will keep you, uh, we will keep you abreast of, uh, of, you know, what we're going to do with this hair. How, you know what? You got to think to yourself, what have we really spoken about? Have we spoken about anything? No. Sometimes you just got to ramble. Um, shout out to the San Antonio Spurs. This is coming a couple of weeks late, but um, Miami, uh, you know, came up short. Now's when we get to see who's a real Miami fan and who's fair weather. I'm not going to say I'm a Miami Heat fan. I enjoy the Miami Heat, man. I, I, I've told friends before, and I'll say it again. I'm not a fan. I'm not a diehard. But I have been known to root for them as long as my Lakers and my Knicks aren't playing. Now, I know somebody out there saying, hold up, you're a Lakers and Knicks fan? Listen, man, I can be whoever a fan of, a fan of whomever I want to be a fan of. You know, I'm not Johnny come lately. I'm, I'm, I take the Lakers back to Michael Cooper's socks. A.C. Green's Jerry Curl. You know, Kareem's Skyhook. Magic's Illmatic Dribble. And my, my favorite player of all time um, still is, is James Worthy. He had the quickest first step in the NBA, man. Uh, so, that, so that's where my, my, my roots as far as being a basketball fan go back to... The Showtime Lakers. I've been a fan of the Lakers since um, since I, I started watching basketball probably around 80. I'm going to say consistently and religiously. I started watching around 85. I really became like a basketball junkie in 86 when I, you know, when I was, I was, you know, cutting out the clips and reading, uh, you know, Sports Illustrated and, and, and recording any and every basketball game. Because I was at that point, obviously, I was I was 
working on becoming a, a, a basketball, a better basketball player. Um, did I think I was going to go to the NBA? Of course. Did I have the skills that would lead me to the N NBA? Of course not. You know, I, I'm a good athlete. I have a lot of heart. I have no problem in admitting that I stunk at basketball. I still stink. I, I went out and was shooting with uh, kids recently, and it's hard to tell the kids, you know what, you have to bend and, and, and roll your wrist when you don't do it yourself. It kind of takes away from it when you're tell, telling them how to shoot a free throw when you don't hit the free throws until five shots in. But, you know, I did what I could, and, and I wound up winning. Here's, here's my claim to, to basketball fame. Shout out to Coach Brown. And I was just wearing my Georgia Tech, uh, our, our basketball coach, when, I, uh, when we moved to Batavia. Uh, obviously, I was black from New York City. They were like, you play basketball? I was like, yeah, of course I play basketball. And I stunk. And, uh, but, but Coach Brown, um, he, he coached. He was an assistant coach at, uh, at Georgia Tech. And he had, he had moved up there and he, uh, he became our coach. And he still had the uh, Georgia Tech warm-up jerseys, warm-up jerseys. So uh, he actually gave them to all of the uh, all of the varsity players, and I still have this jersey. Now, here's what's funny. Why does it fit me still? You know why it fits me? Because they were dresses back then. Like, they, these, these, <laughs> these things came past the knees when I, when I was in, uh, uh, you know, 11th and 12th grade. So I finally grew into it, and... Um, and I had a lot of, I will say, I had a lot of heart, but, you know, you got to know your limitations. And, and there was a point where I said, you know what, I'm not going to be the best basketball player, but I can be a great defensive player. So I just, I started working on my D. I said, Who, who's a good defensive player? Uh, you know, the worm, Dennis Rodman, back when he played for Detroit, Detroit Pistons. I, so I patterned my, my game after, my, my defensive game after, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman and this this cat that played for UNLV, Moses Scurry. He played for UNLV under Jerry Tar the shark Jerry Tarkanian. And the reason I like Scurry is because I think he's from Brooklyn. I like Scurry because he was wild and when he when he would uh grab rebounds or get in the lane, he would scream at people. And I know somebody got a little scared and a little urine squirted out of somebody while he was playing. I'm I'm saying like he he really like he snatched rebounds and you you see him ah! and he cleared a lane. I was never that brash. I didn't plus I didn't feel that comfortable. Plus I had a jury curl. You're learning a lot about me um and my looks over the years on this episode of the Father Muckin Protocol. This the the Father Muckin I Love You episode of the Father Muckin Protocol. You're learning I love you, but I love me even more. And I love messing with my look. <laughs> I love messing with my look, man. I'm trying to think what other things have I done to my look. Uh, I used to cut my own hair at one point in my life. Uh, how did this come about? Well, I'll be honest. Back, back, when, back when haircuts got expensive and, and you wanted to get a fade and they went to about $12, I started getting annoyed. I was like, yo, man, $12 a lot for a, for a haircut. And I saw one of my friends, Mark. Shout out to Mark Ramsey. He 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 used to cut his hair. He cut my hair. And I said, yo, how much were those clippers? And the clippers, 
This is when I worked at, at uh, Kmart. This is before Walmart took over things. Um, Kmart sold the Wilds, W-A-H-L. They sold Wild uh, Clippers, and you could buy like a Wild uh, Clipper set for about, I don't know, $30. Back then, I'm saying you go into your Kmart check, and, uh, you know, a brother was clearing a good, how many hours if I worked because I was in school? So I probably cleared, get ready for this, because I was balling. I probably made about one, 175 on a good week in college. You know, in college, you're making about, you know, what's that, uh, 400 plus, and you're making 700 a month. I'm probably stressing. Probably the check was probably less. But, you know, I figured, oh, I can, I got, you know what, I'll spend $30 to get these clippers, and then I got a pair of the, the T-liner clippers. That's, that's so you could do your lineup. And the first time I cut my hair, I put uh, the symbol of Africa, the, the continent of Africa in the back of my head. I put it in the back of my hair by myself, Mike. Hold on. Now, Mike is asking, how is that possible? Well, Mike, let me get to that point. Um, I didn't say I meant to put the, the continent of Africa in the back of my head. I'm saying I cut my hair, and it looked like the continent of Africa was in the back of my head. So when people like, yo, because this is, you know, this is back when everybody was wearing the black medallions around their neck and, and a bunch of beads because, and honestly, the reason you rock the beads is not only because of the the time and the era we lived in, but because those those gold chains had gotten expensive. And I was like, I ain't got enough money. I got my little, I got the same chain I have around my neck now that has a cross on it was the same chain I had back then. This is little cheap yet sturdy serpentine 14 karat gold links. So I had a bunch of beads around my neck. I had my X-Clan on, Van Glorious. This is protected by the red, the black, and the green at the crossroads with a key, sissy. X-Clan was a, uh, a pro-black uh, radical rap group. Um, they, they were popular in the early 90s, and they sampled uh, lots of George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic. And uh, so, I, yeah, man, I didn't know I had... Africa in the back of my head. I thought I just had a nice little brush cut. My wave up front, or not my wave, my fade up front was nice. But the problem with cutting your hair and looking in a mirror and looking backwards, so you have, the trick is you're, you're standing and everything's reversed while you're looking in the mirror. So you want to go right, but it's actually left, man. So I messed my hair up and my mother was like, that's what you get for being cheap. But eventually, man, I got, got pretty nice and cut my own hair. I, I probably saved about $80 that year, you know, because I was only, I was just, cut. I, it was a point I stopped even giving myself a fade. I just started giving myself a season. Season's pretty simple. You just set the, uh, set the guard to the same setting all, all over your, uh, on the clippers. And then you just, you, you got to make sure you cut. I don't even remember. Do you cut with the grain? I think you cut with the grain. Not against the grain. You cut against the grain if you're fading, but if you're just cutting all the same length, you want to cut with the grain of your hair. Um, that's for all those uh, those that uh, want to be beauticians and barbers in the future. And you know what? Um, just double check uh, what I just said and Google it because I could be wrong. It's been many years since I cut my own hair. Um, so you know what? I've rambled on enough, man. I think we've uh, we we've said enough for this week. Uh, you all understand that my look is changing, man. It's time for change. I'm going to have a different look. 
by the next time you hear me. Or maybe not, because we might do another episode right after this one. We shall see. But as always, man, I appreciate y'all supporting. Yo, y'all can check me out uh, if you're in the Rochester area. If you're in the Western New York area, man, it's, it's, it's not often that I make it back to where I first started comedy uh, and was home for many years. So y'all could check me out on July, from July 17th, 18th, and 19th. I will be performing at the Comedy Club in Rochester, New York. Actually, it's out in a town called Webster, which is where I used to, uh, my, my military drill used to be once a month, uh, Webster, New York. So check me out. If you're in the Rochester area or in Buffalo, or even in Syracuse, central New York to western New York, come check me out uh, at the... The name of the club also, just so y'all are clear, it's called the Comedy Club Comedy Club. Shout out to Mark Ippolito uh, for making things easy yet hard when he named his comedy club the Comedy Club Comedy Club. So uh, y'all y'all can check me out. As always, you know what? Hit us hit us up on... Uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at IMD Networks. Follow, follow, brother, if you're digging the show or if you're not digging the show. If you have any uh, any constructive criticism, you know, hit, hit a brother up and and uh, hashtag the Father Muckin Protocol, man. Um, and and, uh, and what else? Um, hey, man, I'll see you in the city somewhere near you. Also, hey, if you're if you're in if you're in Maryland. In August, I may as well plug it now. If you're in Maryland, you know, get your calendars open um, because I'm going to be playing at Magooby's Joke House on August 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. August 21st through 23rd. If you're in, in the Baltimore area, Timonium area, actually the DMV area. All my friends and all my supporters and all y'all father muckers out there that been supporting me, if you're in the area of uh, the DMV, Hey, everybody else has no idea what that is, but that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia, DMV area. Come check me out. Look, that that just made uh, Mike Chuck. He was like, oh, it does make sense. Y'all come check me out at McGooby's 21st through the 23rd of August, man. I'm Dean Edwards. You're not. We're still in the building. Keep supporting, man, and we'll catch you next time. Two fingers. Peace. <laughs>